popping out to everybody welcome to another episode of the wise guys podcast i am the one and only mitch i'm here with my guys dewey and otis and today we're going to talk about what happened on july 10th 2020 with the police shooting mm. also we're going to talk about something we call entanglement <laughs> with jada pinkett and august alcina uh-oh. What else we got for them today, fellas? Uh, you know, we're going to continue to shine the um, spotlight on the black business that's, you know, out there doing their thing, man. Yeah, we got Precious from Precious Minds. She's going to talk to y'all about professionalism and interview etiquette today. So let's jump right into it, fellas, man. Let's let's get into this unfortunate killing or shooting on July 10th. What's your thoughts on this unfortunate situation that caused pretty much almost a riot, some people were saying, but definitely protesting the little black lash in our city before the um, actual video came out. Now, what's your thoughts on it? My thoughts on it was, at first, I really didn't know why the people were protesting because I, I saw it late. Mm. I saw the video first, mm-hmm. put it like that. And I was like, why are they protesting for this? This is clearly self-defense. The police had to do what they had to do. The guy just started shooting at them. But then when I found out that the riot came out because there were different stories. Mm-hmm. Rumors. There, peop- rumors yeah. saying that the guy was unarmed, the guy was sitting on the porch, and uh, the police shot him for no reason. So that's kind of crazy to me. Well, hold on. Uh, how did you consume... The information, did you get it through you know, social media or from the news? Which information? You know, when you first was kind of hearing about everything and how everything was happening. For me, I got everything from social media. No, I actually walked in the house at like 7.30 mm-hmm. and saw... the Oh, the, the press conference. Craig doing okay. the press conference. And then I heard like they was writing. I'm like, why the hell are they writing over this? Mm. Man, that was unfortunate because I... I'd seen all them people turning up like that, and I've seen the videos of people, the guy out there mm-hmm. with the, the bullhorn and all that, and different people out there. Man, it was like hundreds of people out there. Quick. Hey, hey Detroit, we appreciate the response, but, man, like, we got to do our due diligence and, and, and understanding the details and information as it comes out. Most people, I just responded like that because it's just recent events, but, man, that that's I remember we talked about it on the phone. Oh, like, man, let's make sure we got our details right, man, because this this the part that can make things really complicated. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree. Like, uh, from what I was reading, uh, I had read an article in the Free Press about it, and they were saying, like, right after shooting, I guess the um, organizer that's already been out with the Black yeah. Lives Matters movement, they jumped right on it. Mm-hmm. Like, they instantly reached out to the family and got over there and kind of started organizing, setting things up. However, like you said, Dewey, we didn't have the details of what really happened. You know, everything was just kind of like, on, so I remember looking at some of the stuff on social media, and uh, it was just like a wildfire. Like, you had different live videos and people yeah. on the live videos saying, like, oh, man, they just killed this young brother in cold blood. Yeah. And the way it was looking, of course, you see that video. I was like, damn, like, did they just kill somebody in the D? Mm-hmm. Like, I know this just didn't happen in our city like this. So yeah. I'm, I'm kind of thinking to myself, too, like, damn, it's about to go down. Like, yep. it's yeah. about to be a real big, you know, protest and, you know, possible riots on the on the west side, because this was, yeah. uh, what, Santa Monica happened? Yep, right over in that area. Six yeah. miles. Yeah, man. six miles. So it was like, damn, like, this about to get big. But I do commend Chief Craig for, yeah. you know, kind of speaking up, you know, hurrying up, making sure rushing to uh, put a video out and uh, get the right information out so people could see, like, all right, this, this shooting was justified. I appreciate Absolutely. Chief Craig being transparent. Quick, like, he didn't have to do that, but... He felt the responsibility to the people because there's police chiefs that man, we'll get. We're still, you know, we're still investigating. No, I f- no, I feel like he had to do that. <clears throat> no, he had to. He yeah. had to because yeah. what's been going on. He had to I'm, get that I'm out. I'm saying like a lot of if you if you remember like a lot of recent shootings that happened, they said they still it's still an investigation. So we won't really see like a video unless it's through somebody who was actually there filming it mm-hmm. until like later, like week a week or so later, days later. It was like that day, if I'm not mistaken. 
he started putting out information in the visuals, right? Yeah, but I wonder this, though. if Because, of course, he synced the um, uh, video before we did. Right. If it wasn't a justified shooting, <clears throat> would he still put it out? out? Nope. You know what I'm saying? And go back to what you just yeah. said, do it. Like, a lot of times they don't because right, right. the shooting's not justified. So they, they know. their officers. Exactly. They know, yeah. like, once we see this video, we about to erupt, yeah. you right. know? so What is on the citizen, y'all quick to. Exactly. I got you because yeah. the video. It helps them out. Exactly. Yeah, right. So that's exactly. why he put it out so fast. And it, and it poured water on the situation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the fires were starting to build, but once he put the video out, like the response, like I was, like I said, I kind of consumed everything through Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. You know, even after I watched the video, I was just kind of looking, you know, at some of the people on my friends list and how they responded. And once the video came out, it was just like, okay, y'all need to stop protesting. Yeah. You know. Even yeah. even on this interview, I mean, this uh, news conference, he said that people were saying like once they saw that. That uh that video, they said, oh, we out of here. This is we shouldn't be here because this ain't right. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's it's like mixed reviews. Like right. hold up, y'all had it wrong. And that you know what I ain't gonna lie. When I first heard it, I'm like, hold up, we about to see what what Kim Worthy and Chief Craig are made of. Is they gonna convict they own? But when that came out, it's like okay, now we understand this. But that was I didn't see that first part where all I seen was dude fall when he got shot. I ain't see the whole part when he lifted up. I couldn't see the video, you know, a little dark, a little distorted. I didn't see all that at first when I first seen the video. And I'm like, damn, like, it almost seemed like point blank. But I'm like, why would they shoot him point blank? What was he doing mm-hmm. for point blank, you know, retaliation like that? Like, I don't get it. But then I seen what it was. Now, there, I was seeing something else kind of in the aftermath. Um, I was reading it, like I said, in the article I read that uh, after everything happened, the protesters went back with the family and they still wanted, you know, to get information. I guess they were protesting. They wanted the officer information because I guess they felt that, um, excuse me, it was an unjust shooting. Well, not not really just unjust. Like, they feel like it could have been overkill. Like, maybe they could have shot him in the back. I mean, shot him, you know, in the leg or something like that. But in my opinion, from the video, it was kind of like life and death. Like, Absolutely. you know, they, you know, if you, you think about it, yeah, we want our officers to be um, better trained to handle these situations, but... You kind of got to put yourself in they, their shoes in the sense like, okay, they got a family. They want to get home. And then in this instant, um, unfortunately, the young man made a poor decision in pulling out the gun and shooting at, you know, point black at the officer. And thank God he missed because then it would have been, you know, families, you know, bearing two people opposed to, right. unfortunately, one. But, yeah, man, like, I see it as it was a justified shooting, you know. And I just say that, unfortunately, yeah, a young man lost his life, but... I mean, what do you do in that situation, fellas? Like, if somebody pull a gun and on you and the moment, and yeah, the moment. you got to be realistic. I'm, I mean, if, if it's y'all, a lot of people who, who got a license to carry, they, you know, they it's a life or death situation. If I'm not mistaken, state of Michigan, it's still justified to shoot, right? Yeah, I believe so. And so, like, you know, the police officer, what do you expect? Exactly. This is what they trained to do in, in this situation. And, I mean, he had the gun. The point, gun was pointed like almost at his head, the officer's yeah. head or yeah. chest, correct? Mm-hmm. At his head. Yeah, his head so. a little like on the video. And I don't even know how to do end up getting out the way of the shot. Like you saying a miracle? Yeah. Like, like yeah. And, and Chief Craig said, think about it, eight shots in five seconds. So that's a split mm-hmm. decision that the police have to make. Yeah. Like yeah. they don't have time to think about, oh, let me just shoot him in the leg. No, this guy's actively shooting at us. Yeah. Almost took me out. Yeah. We got to be realistic. People. Yeah. We do. It's just no way around that. We got to be realistic, man. They got a lot of people, you know, being hard on the police, man. And we honestly, without the police, it's anarchy. And what the young man say before he shot, the, shot out the police officer? You ain't taking my man or something yeah, like that? I think I read. Like, like they, they wasn't even there for this man. Nah, like he wasn't even about to get arrested. The guy that they were after, 
he didn't resist at all. He put his oh, hands up, right got down. on his knees. Yeah. He's like, I'm going down. And then the chief Greg said in audio, once the young man said that to him, the police was like, well, fuck you, and tried to grab him. What? But, I mean, <laughs> they're human beings. I'm... You know, I'm not gonna really trip about what you know the language he used. Mm-hmm. We know, we all know, language. police. You know, they say some wild shit at <laughs> times. Captain but. America say. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Now, I, at this point, is his friend was it loyal or was it stupidity? <sighs> I don't know, man. I, I was, I've been trying to dissect like what would make him like, make that whoa. type of decision in the split moment. Um, like, I'm not gonna reckless speculation on this one. But I put it like this. Uh, I just think the kid made a uh, terrible decision at the, the worst time. worst decision he could have I mean, ever yeah, made. yeah, you know. What could be going through your mind, man? That's crazy. I don't know. Like, the consequences, like, man, y'all, you just going to let them arrest them, huh? Like, who who you got to answer to that, that, that making you make that kind of decision? And how much, man, he got, I, he, so he's not related to him. It's just his friend. That's what I'm assuming. That's what I heard. Yeah. But even if he was successful, God forbid, if, you know, the young man was able to, you know, take all the cops down, what was they going to do next? Like, now it's a manhunt. You done killed three cops. Yeah. You know, yeah, so it's 21 bridges, fellas. You know, like, <laughs> I, you know, that's why I said, like, <clears throat> I think in the heat of the decision, it was just, uh, you know, a split split decision. Yeah, and it yeah. was just, you know, he made the, the wrong call, man. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> that's what I thought about, too. 21 bridges. bridges. You ever seen, you seen that movie? Yeah, just came out. Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. Hey man, I know y'all got love for me, man, but don't don't shoot the police over me, dog. Hey man, hey, like we said, we we bail you out. I bail you out, bro. Like, uh, nah, man, we all got families. You try to get back home too, but I mean, all jokes aside, man, I, I know you know the situation's messed up, but yeah. hey, pray for that family. I yeah. mean, it's still a mother who has to bury her son. Yes, yes. You know, regardless of what whatever we think and whatever yeah, we yeah. feel about what the young man' intentions was or decision, yeah. you know, it's still a family that gotta yeah, you know put a child in the grave. So it's a young black man that could have had a possibility of changing no matter exactly. what. I always feel like that, man. Yeah. You know, it's room, it's room for reform as long as somebody's still breathing. Right. So, man, uh, off of that, unfortunately, it ain't no really no way to segue into this, but. I guess we need to talk about entanglement. Uh-oh. Have you ever been entangled? No, sir. <clears throat> what about you? You've been entangled before? I don't even know what that meant. I don't know. You... We should have looked it up before we started. <laughs> I mean, now I kind of know what it means, but beforehand, it was one of the things like, oh, man, I, nah, bro, I never <laughs> bit of that. <laughs> I've never been entangled. I don't uh, think if I... I'm not. Man, this is just something, yeah. you know, people just... <laughs> Black men don't cheat. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What the fuck? Oh, so that, that's what it means to cheat? <laughs> no, because she said... Something about uh, being in a relationship, like it, to me, it was just she looked that word up. I, I'm assuming before she got on, got on there, yeah. and it was like, okay, this is gonna be clever to say so, what you asked me. So she, we talking about Jada Pinkett, right. Pinkett, right? And August Alcina, the entanglement thing they had going on. Yeah. Now I saw the, the the red table talk, right? Right. And my man Will, he's about to cry, man. He looked like when he played the I Am Legend. When the dog died? Yeah. <laughs> when the dog died. Get that one tear dropping. And when he was trying to talk to the mannequin, like, I should go talk to her. <laughs> like, he was sad as fuck, dude. Like, so, so do y'all kind of feel like, because Red Table is a show, so it has producers. Do y'all feel like he was acting in that situation? Because all this information he already knew. Isn't it her show? It's yeah, her but, show. But it's yeah. still a producer, I'm assuming. Somebody producing the show. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. Entanglement. The action or fact of entangling or being entangled. A complicated or compromising 
relationship, or situation. Mm. A compliment, an extensive barrier typically made of interlaced barbed wire and stakes. Yo, she what? <laughs> so right now I can she go on record saying <laughs> I've never been entangled. What Compromising it, what, or complicated? But where it's I can see the complicated, yeah, but yeah, I guess the comp, that, yeah, the compromising part I don't see because you know, as she said in the thing in the um, interview, she was a. Uh, you know, they weren't together anymore. You know, wielding her. Well, yeah. Right. And then August didn't have anybody at the time either. And he was going through some mental health things. Exactly. And they brought him into their home to help him, is what they said. I feel bad for that young man, dog. Wow. I mean, uh, you know, actually, as a man, you know, in certain a certain point of view, I kind of, you know, salute him because as uh, adolescents, who didn't want to be with Jada Pickett back in the day? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But and she as, knew that. Yeah. But him, you know, looking at him from the mental health point of view, Man, that could be that could have been a hard period for him, man. And they could have really went in a different direction because in his mind, he probably was thinking they was gonna be together. You know what I'm saying? He yeah. probably never realized that oh they they the possibility no, to get back together. I don't think so. Because what remember what he said, he said Will gave permission, like he didn't know that they were broken up. Man, this sounds crazy. Yeah, I adopted my side. And see, yeah, that, and that's the part what? that you know that I'm I'm I think they haven't told the truth about. Yeah, I think they leaving some shit out. Yeah, sure. like they definitely like I think it's set up. That's why I said that show was produced. Yeah. It has produced. They it. tried to get in front of it with exactly. this, in, this interview, right? Which was great. That was brilliant. Uh, it was you know, great pl- marketing mar- for for her show. For her show, talk. right? Hell That's yeah. why I say like you oh, could, it got numbers. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Because at first they came out and said it wasn't true. Then they came out and said, okay, yeah, you know, yeah, it is true. We're gonna do, you know, we're gonna talk about it on red tape. There's been rumors for years about this, correct? Yeah, about this type of shit. About yeah. this. Yeah. It was like a like dirty with, secret with them two specifically, August yeah. and Jada. Man, them Lady Eloise has got a way of finessing people, man. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, like everybody's saying, and you kind of see it on different social media platforms. If this was roles were reversed, and Will did this with a woman. A young woman who came to the family for help, and he took advantage because that's what she did, in a sense, took advantage of you know his or well her mental state. Man, Will would have been done right now. He'd have been out of the yeah. game. Yeah, it'd have been bad right now. And I think that's the I think that's the part of that. Yeah, we are making jokes about entanglement. That's cool. I mean, the internet yeah. is to kind of you know shoot them jokes off. That's what they do, right? But I think we need to definitely have a serious conversation um, about mental health, and sometimes that third person in that relationship. Yeah. They could really, really, you know, you really could mess that person up. Yeah, and it's easy for people to go do that, too. Like, that's an easy go-to to just find somebody else. Some people like, you want to get over somebody, get under somebody mm-hmm. else. Yeah. But the thing about it is, in reality, man, you not you not really answering your own question on what's really wrong. You just you just pacifying the problem. Right, because she said in the interview, like, I'm, I wasn't happy, and I haven't been lo- happy for a long time. So she never really cured herself yeah. of being happy because she just found somebody to make her happy temporarily right. and they didn't even really get into that like well okay once it was done did you you know how did you find your happiness you know yeah. what like how did y'all reconcile right they didn't yeah. go that deep they just kind of just told like you said they got ahead of the story they gave people that little word entanglement that they knew people was gonna run with like yeah. I, I really think this was structured man. no I, you know what i think some things were but i think a lot of things wasn't because mm-hmm. when she said the part about being entanglement he was like I think you like, like say exactly what it is. Yeah, like, he's like, you know, say that. what it is. Like, because mm-hmm. I mean, it's produced, you know, just like any show, you know, they talked about it before. You don't think she tried to run away from it a little bit? Yeah, in, yeah. In the moment? She, she kept trying to go back. He kept trying to they pull her back both in. Like, actors, dog. I really think they set this up. Yeah, bro. but one's a good actor. <laughs> <laughs> 
Jada Pinkett, huh? She's good. Too wild fool. No, that's not cool. Yeah. Woo. Woo. Woo, yeah, that's what I was about to say too. I just thought woo. What you, I, knew she, I knew she had some Japanese in her. Yeah. What? No, I really, man, you kind of watch it, man. I Again, I rewatched it too, bro. Mm. And rewatching, I'm like, a lot of this, he's setting her up, bro. Like, he's setting her up to come, like, or like you just said with the one when he, um, like, oh, yeah, come on with it. Do you come think that's a part of her insecurity, though? The fact that her career never really got to that mega level, like, that maybe it was perceived it could have went. I could see that, yeah. I definitely can. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I would say yes. Because I mean, she was in big cult classics as far as our culture, like before what? the Fresh Prince was. Love on Dirty Shame. You know what I'm talking about? No, <laughs> that was a good movie. Yeah. No, like set Wayne it off. And Wayne. Set it off. To me, that was only her. Jason's movie. lyric. Them were big movies back in the nineties. And our, and not far as our era goes, J- those it, cult classics. Jason right lyrics there. and Low Down Dirty Shame. Well, her claim to fame was kind of messing with Tupac, though. Yeah. Yeah, but then you got to also remember, too, she was in A Different World. Right. Different World. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, like... She was a bigger star she was when a bigger, they met when, when, when he was just the Fresh Prince, Yeah, she was the shit. Because he you didn't really get his break until, what, um, what 96? No, nah, he was in a... No, but his first big movie was Bad, Bad Boys. Bad Boys, yeah. yeah. So what that came up with, 93, 92 or something no, like that? his first big movie was Independence Day, right? But you no, talk, I know that, you that was, was before Bad Boys, box office. No, I bad, thought, Bo- bad Boys box office before Independence Day. Bad Boys Day. won. Yeah, like Independence Day box office. No, nah, I wasn't. Yeah, like I don't that. know if it was on that nah. level yet, but it was no. big though. It was big. I don't think it was Independence Day big, but because you got to think really? about Independence Day, you came out during the um, like you they know, the did big summer blockbuster. Numbers, man, they blew up the White House. Yeah, yeah, bro. <laughs> they they did stupid numbers on that right. on that one. That took that took them to a new level. Like I forgot what actor was saying. Like, well, that was my Independence Day. The way Will Smith yeah. did, but the, but, the, but the fact is, you know, going back to the original point, maybe Jada felt at the, over the years like a little less. And see, that's what I'm saying, bro. Like they never really got into it. What less made man. them? What made her unhappy? I think. I think he was cheating on her. Yeah. But why? You know, again, it's yeah. staged, so they're not going to put all the. Yeah. You yeah. know, they didn't give us no context. He really believe it's staged. You saw yeah. him. Like, I really stage. do. Like at the yeah. end when he was like, "I owe you. I got to get you back." She's like, "No, you you got me back." And and he, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bro, I'm telling you, dog. You know what I think it was? Because at the end, it was like... And they did that whole ass thing. Yeah, like, we, we die together, we ride together. Bad, bad, bad life. life. I said, now, what? Now, that, that was staged. That was so that, that whack, was definitely bro. staged, and it was whack. And then they did a high that five at the end. Like, life. like, what type of weird shit is this? <laughs> I wonder if uh, during them times when they was filming the BET Awards, it was they going through it for real. Then Remember they was doing the, oh, the yeah, spin off the day? Mr. and Mrs. Smith? It could have mm. been. The, the promos for the BET Awards? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, uh, Will Smith was on record saying that he he always wanted, like, the perfect family. Mm. You know, he wanted family, like, uh, the you know, he wanted to put that out to the world. And he, honestly, if you always, you look at his uh, Instagram and the videos he put out, he still do that. Yeah. You know, he tried to portray a perfect family. Mm-hmm. So, again, doing what they did, it was for them to keep the, you know, the yeah. false or the, the, the lie of that yeah, they are the a perfect facade. family. Yeah, the yeah. facade. So, it's like, okay, we're going to get in front of this. You got this show. Your show gonna do numbers, right? Because everybody want to hear about this. And mm-hmm. then, like I said, when you listen, when you watch the interview, it's a twelve minute interview about her cheating on what well, well, necessarily not cheating, but entangled in a relationship with another man that we already knew about yeah. who had mental health issues. We don't we don't know nothing else. And then when you think about it, he wasn't really saying much. Like she was saying everything. He was like, uh huh, yep. Mm-hmm. And he already yep. know. Mm-hmm. Yep. He so already he know. Like, I gotta deal with that. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah. it's deeper than rap, dog. No, I'm telling you, it, bro, this, it, it was staged, bro. For, 
They had Olivia Pope come in. Pain that was like really they really dealt with. They probably did, you know, behind closed doors because they got the rest of the secrets. But for us, it was just giving us enough to change the narrative. Not ain't us just talking about her cheating. It's like. Oh shit! I've been in entanglement. People, yeah. people get mad about people talking about entanglement. Like, well, right. your mom was entanglement, yeah, so you yeah, an entanglement yeah. baby. Hey, like, <laughs> you an entanglement baby. Like bro, this shit just. Going, I've never heard anything like deep. that before, bro. Like I'm telling you, man. You think about it, them Hollywood people or you know CEOs, they yeah. be having like Olivia Pope's, like people who to come in, crisis managers yeah, to yeah, fix yeah, the situation. Up. And to me, like this shit made sense. The way they did it was brilliant, bro. Mm-hmm. It got us kind of talking about the real issue at hand. Like you, you, you really just use this boy to get your so, shit together. I didn't see the interview with August, but who was who was talking to him about this? Like, how Angela did this come e. out? Oh, mm, so it was on the e. club. No, it was, it was a her personal sh- interview. Oh damn! Okay, oh, it was, but they put it on Breakfast Club, like you know, uh, snippets of oh, okay. the interview. So like, how, the way how did Charlamagne it come deal out? Gucci Mane. Like he just was like, hey, yeah, I was I was begging Jada. Like, how did it even come up? She brought up the fact that. She's like, you know, it's been rumors about this, and I shouldn't even know if you want to talk about it and get in front he's, of it, and he's like, he it. did. I think that's because, like you said, maybe he was pissed. Of course he maybe was. Maybe he really thought it was nah, something more. I, bruh. Yeah. That, really, it, make, it makes sense. Man. Is that Sideshow Bob, a uh, Frazier character in Simpsons? What, his hair? He's that's tripping. who August Alcina looked like yeah. in that interview. He's tripping. <laughs> man, it But I guess sense, he went bro. through a lot too, though, man. Like, uh, you know what I'm saying? He lost his brother. I, be- I think he lost his sister. I think sister. that's what made him kind of have a mental his, issue. He took her kids in. Mm. And, uh, man, he he was going through a lot, dog. Because like, when did he come out? As a young dude. Like 2015, 2014, somewhere in there? Yeah, I ain't really heard nothing else about him. Nah, Remember he came like, out with that song with Trinidad James? That was his first like song coming out in that big hit. So I love this shit. Yeah. Yeah, and then shit. after that, I want to say that's when you know he lost his uh his family, or that's when it came out yeah, or something started, like that. Yeah, yeah. Because he started having problems. Did he say he was like he, he was mentioned like living in his car downtown. or some shit? Like somebody killed him. Wasn't he like a bum or something? He said like he was living in his I car. I think he lost. Yeah, he lost a lot, man. Yeah. And like they said in the interview, it wasn't that Jaden Will like he was like integrated yeah, in the family like. They treated him like he was one of their sons. That's what he said. He said he brought him in his home. Uh, and so that's weird. That's making it even more weird, bro. With the Fresh Prince. Nah. You couldn't have told me and showed me that the Fresh Prince was going to be going through this. I just thought for sure. Man, this, this dude is the, that guy. Man, as one great man once said, anything is possible. <laughs> <laughs> like, for real, bro. Like, this is crazy, man. But, uh, for real, for real, speaking on this subject, man, a lot of people, like, we got to tell the people, man, listen. Y'all going through things in your marriage, your relationships, your friendships, your family. It's okay for us to get help, man. Like, yeah. for real. And communicate, man. Yeah, talk yeah. to each other, man. And like, you got to stop trying to look outside of your yeah. marriage or relationship to find peace and happiness. Happiness it, starts with yourself. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if it ain't work, just y'all break up. Don't cheat. Just say I'm out, bitch. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. And that is the advice from Mitch. <laughs> and and when, I, when I say I'm out, bitch, that means the woman can say that to the dude. So advice. Like, I like yeah, how you like, switch, I like how you switch that up. So I don't mean no, bitches as in the women. I just mean like whoever whoever saying it. Yeah. Or just say well, I'm out. Oh, you can say, babe, I'm leaving. Love babe, I'm leaving. Babe, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. I shouldn't be using this kind of language, but I, but I, I get what you said though, bro. Like you know, you don't you don't have to be in an entanglement, man, because it seemed like to me. In the entanglement, somebody gonna lose. Like it's because yeah. if you entangle, you know, like I, going back to the situation, the two got back together. That person, yeah. that third person, probably didn't realize that was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. You can't gain happiness by hurting someone else. Nah, man. Oh, say that one more time. Like that. One you more can't time. gain happiness by hurting someone else. Did y'all hear that? That was real. You cannot gain happiness by hurting someone else. Forrest Gump. 
That's Dewey right there. <laughs> no, it's, it's the, that's the reality of that, man. That's that's that was that whole situation messed up, and I I hope later on doesn't come out with Will Smith. And something oh, tangled it me. Will. I, I Somebody it will. Somebody said, "I want to tell my story now." Yeah, unless, like, like God, unless, damn. unless uh, the person he was messing with signed some papers. Yeah, the or, NDA. Yeah, like he didn't that, work for Trump. <laughs> but we never seen them pictures that old girl took, so it worked a little bit. I'm glad we didn't. <laughs> you ain't never lied, bro. Oh, That's the last God. thing we did, bro. Like a raw chicken, man. What? <laughs> <laughs> I can do the fucking do, man. Like man, gotta mess everything up in this world even farther, bro. But 2020 ain't over with, so you never know. November, the pictures might drop. Dog. <laughs> 2020, first six months. Gotta go down. It's the worst half a year in our history think, of living. Dog. Yeah, I think 2020 God is an entanglement. <laughs> 2020 <laughs> is an entanglement. Yes, bro. It's literally dog, the third. This first buck 80, dog, was something else, dog. Yeah. All this stuff that came out and is happening. It's like 2019 is Jada. And uh, 2021 might be Will. That's, that might be even worse, bro, because I don't know if I want to be Will. <laughs> In this situation, no, I ain't think it got any worse than that. Wait, but while we talking about people might be coming out, well, we might have more people coming out for Jada. Oh, yeah. Now that, now that, now that, Beyonce, you better relax. Reckless <laughs> speculation, bro. We do not <laughs> want no problems with the beehive. I don't, my know. man. That was dude. Do not mean that was dude. He said man, that. We apologize. I ain't that old. He might be off the show after. <laughs> <laughs> and based on that, let's go to our black business segment, fellas. Mitch, Dewey, what y'all got for us this week? Uh, I got Ivy Kitchen and Cocktails. She's located on 9215 East Jefferson Ave in Detroit, Michigan. You can find her on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And she, oh, by the way, she's also doing a fundraiser to keep her business going, y'all. So please, if whatever you can contribute, she does a really good business. And I really enjoy the restaurant. And so will you. Check her out. I got my man Tramel, man. He does some custom t-shirts. You can find him on Instagram at Blessed Detroiter. That's Blessed underscore Detroiter. D-E-T-R-O-I-T-E-R. Damn, you're a great speller, bro. Bless you, Twitter. <laughs> and this week, I got uh, Manny's Munchies. It's liquor-infused, popcorn, homemade, ice cream, and customized treats for any event. Y'all hit her up. Her name Ashley. You can find her on uh, Facebook and Instagram or under Manny's Munchies. Man, we about to get into it right now. We got this young lady in front of us. She about to drop the juice for y'all today. Precious, go on and tell them about your uh, organizations and you know how you plan on helping the people. Hey everybody, this is Precious. Um, thanks for having me on. You know it. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. You're welcome. I really do. Um, I, I love the Wise Guys podcast. Y'all, y'all need to, you know, if y'all ain't tuning in, y'all need to tune in. So, y'all heard it, right? Wait, wait, yeah. say that one more time. Say that one yeah. more time. I said, if y'all not tuning in, y'all better tune in. Straight this, up. Yeah, this is this getting activated, y'all. Y'all gonna have to check in with this one. Put into y'all life. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, my name is Precious, and I'm really just coming to y'all from 15 plus years uh, working in corporate America. I work at an insurance company, and I want to talk a little bit about what I'm trying to do in the nonprofit space. I'm actually developing a nonprofit right now called Precious Minds, mm-hmm. and what I'm trying to focus on is getting young adults, the youth, getting them some professionalism and etiquette in the workspace. I'm finding that in my years in corporate America that that lacks in our community. Mm-hmm. So um, Most definitely. Yeah, in the African-American community, I find that our young adults, our youth, don't have access to people and mentors that give them the information oh, yeah. and the experience that they need in order to enter into corporate America. So, I mean, down to bare bones of how to write a resume. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you know, we have people that are 
you know, 18, 19 years old that don't even know how to type. Mm. So, you know, you think about that coming up. Except that, with their thumb, right? Except right. with their thumb, because they text, yeah, they, they got that text down, but you put a keyboard in front of them, they struggle. Yeah, it's yeah, a struggle. Yeah. So, just, you know, wanted to get them those skills, and I find that now, like, with our, you know, the Generation Z, we put a lot of emphasis on education, but there's not a lot of emphasis on just wisdom, you know, right. passing down that knowledge to them, kicking Absolutely. it to them, passing on what we know and from our experience and giving that to them so that they can take that and couple it with the education so that they know how to move forward in life. Whether it's they decide they want to go do something like, you know, work in a professional atmosphere or if they want to start their own business. It all starts from having the ability to even have that customer service mindset. Because exactly. if you start your own business, if you don't know the core principles of customer service, you're going to fail every time. Right. Because a lot of these businesses out here right now, and, and we're doing this thing where everybody's saying buy black. And I agree with that. But it's hard to buy black when you have uh, some of these companies coming in or some of these people who uh, have these uh, organizations, these businesses, and they don't have any customer service. That alone pushes you away from them. And it's, it's like, man, I really I want to buy from my people, but my people don't know how to treat. We don't know how to treat each other. So, yeah, thank God for you and, you know, what you're doing because we definitely need that in our, you know, in our culture right now. We need, you know, professionalism. Absolutely. Yeah, so that that's really what we want to do. I mean, I want to, um, you know, kind of the age group that I want to focus on right now because I know that it's a need. It starts with our youth. You know what I'm saying? I want to start down to age 15, which is basically the beginning ages of where they start to uh, think about trying to go out and get a job where you can get a worker's permit mm -hmm. and go out and work for a company all the way up to 24. Because really at 24, I know what I was doing at 24. That's when you really start to wake up and say, okay, I need to start getting serious about my life. So yeah. I want to try right. to um, offer programs for that entire age span and then eventually as we grow and as we transition you know offer programming for everybody we're in a technological um you know atmosphere right now so everything can be done electronically so we can offer virtual classes and things like that so we don't have to limit it just to that but our programming to start i want to um kind of central focus it on this generation because they don't have a lot of people trying to pick them up and carry them forward so that's what i'm really trying to do so from talking from my perspective on like just professionalism in general I can take it back to just like me and you know my background and, and where I work so I started working at my company when I was a senior in high school and I got um, hired in after I graduated because I got in my company through a co-op program okay. at that time DPS used to have these programs where they adopt a, you know where companies would adopt a school mm, yeah. and the company that I worked for had adopted my school so I was able to go half of the school day, go to this company, and I started to get immersed into a business atmosphere. I started off doing simple stuff like filing, faxing, you know, learning how to mail a letter, like mm. stuff like that. And then, you know, pretty much after I graduated, they offered me an opportunity to have a position there. Mm. And, you know, I didn't know that this was where I wanted to be. It really wasn't my focus at the time, but because it afforded me a lot of opportunities, I ended up staying there. You know, as I grew and developed um, and I got into the position where I was able to then reach out and hire people, I noticed that as I was reaching in to try to hire from, you know, our diaspora, you know, our right. people, our, our people. community. Right, exactly. Um, which you supposed to. Which you supposed to. You know, you got to reach down and, and, and bring your community with exactly. you. I'm, I'm noticing that they didn't have the critical skills to be successful. 
Yeah. What I learned is everybody has, you know, there's a place and a time for you and a lane for you and mm-hmm. where you're supposed to be there and, and do what you're supposed to do, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I identified that that is my place and that is my time for me to reach down and develop. So I, you know, what I started to do was hire people that wouldn't necessarily get hired in the other professional companies. Mm-hmm. Because I identify with that um, demographic, I just kind of kicked it with them. You know, as we had our interview and, you know, I told them where, where they were lacking, you know, where, where they needed improvement. And then I, I um, committed to them to work as hard for them as they committed to work for me. And that I would give them the skills that they needed, whether they decided that this was a long-term position for them or not. But I uh, promised them that they would have some skills that they can carry with them wherever they decided to go. As I started to um, develop more and more people, I identified that there were there was a need. Because yeah. these are people coming from the Detroit public school system. Like, right. you know, these are local Detroit people. You these know, are people. These yeah. are people. Right. And, you know, I'm like, y'all graduated from the same schools I graduated right. from. And I'm just saying, like, okay, you coming in here, you don't know how to dress. You don't know how to type. You don't know how to yeah. talk. You can't even look me in the eye, you know. Mm-hmm. And if you were sitting in front of anybody else, they'd be like, okay, goodbye. You know. Off rip. Off rip. And so I'm sitting there like, okay, I have a duty to my community to develop these people and if I if I have it in me and I have the position and I have the knowledge and I have the wherewithal to do it I'm going to do it that's so, special that's you, what's up yeah you got that spe- it's special because you have that passion so you can give the developmental skills because you have that passion it's, it, you go different places than somebody who may be getting paid for it would right right and, and, and that's that's much needed in our community and a lot of people like yourself you may have been the only person out of everybody they interviewed with that they was like they just gave up, and right. you was willing to work with them, yeah, and that's absolutely. what's special about that. Absolutely. I want to ask you a question. Yeah. Based on your experience, what would you say is the number one thing that the number one thing that people lack when they come in? Our people lack when they come in for an interview. Presence. So if you don't come into the interview mm-hmm. confident, knowing that you are the perfect fit for this position, knowing what you could bring to the company, um, you know, looking the part. And, and basically open and, and available, um, that automatically shuts it down. Like, you know, people don't come with the ability to, to sit up right. Um, you know, they kind of fidgeting in a chair, slumping. They won't give you eye contact. That's all attributed to confidence. Like, if you mm-hmm. go, if you walk into that room saying, I am the person that you want to hire, yeah. regardless of if you had a skill set or not, um, that, that kills it every time as soon as you walk through the door. Mm. So I think that that's the number one thing that, that, you know, our people lack is that confidence. Because, you know, sometimes we're walking in with a position that we're not necessarily qualified for. Right. You know, because these positions, honestly, and I'm going to be real with you. I'm just kicking with you, especially in the corporate space, are not built for us. No, they're not. They're not. Yeah. We have to make our own spaces. We got to kick the door open for ourselves. And so you have to make that position yours. You have to go in and you got to own it, regardless of if it was written for you or not, because it's not written for you, but you got to own it. Mm-hmm. So if you don't kick through the door and, and walk in there like you own that position, because honestly, I had to kick through the door to get my position, then you're not going to get it. Yeah. You hear that? Kick the door down. <laughs> Knock that motherfucker nah. off the hinges. I'm coming in. I'm interviewing. <laughs> I got on a typical outfit. The from our demographic, we looking at it. I got on my white Air Force Ones. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got on my regular polo shirt. I got on my regular jeans. I'm coming in. Am I? Am I looking apart? 
I don't get a second chance at a first impression. Yeah. And my impression that, that's not so, bad, bro. Yeah, okay, so look. <laughs> or a Cole Hines. Hold up. Okay, so okay now the Cole Hines <laughs> might work. You know, you got the right dark color. The Cole Hines might work. And I'm not gonna tell you you right? can't Pull come. Up. You know, you can't come in there with your Cole Hines. You can still come in looking fresh. You can still come in with a polo. I mean, it depends on on, on what you have at home. I'm not telling everybody to come in with a three-piece suit, mm-hmm. but you definitely have to dress the part. You know, for for men, young men, you know, depending on what you got in your closet, mix and match. Everybody got to have a pair of khakis or cargos. Exactly. You got to have yeah. that. Yeah. Everybody got a polo. Yeah. You know, basic white, basic black, basic blue. Don't come in there with the large horse and all that on no. there. That's too much. <laughs> yes, you know, that's team too much. Don't come in there with all of yeah. that. The little logo is okay. Yeah. You know, you come in there with that. Um, definitely not the Air Ones. That's too, too, too <laughs> casual. You know, if you don't own yourself a nice pair of loafers, you're doing yourself a disservice. Exactly. As a grown man, you're doing yourself a disservice. Yeah. Just put that out there. <laughs> I'm going to hit you with this. As a grown man, you better own a black and, black and a blue suit. I mean, yeah. come on now. I'm That's saying. I agree. Tradition. I now, agree. Fortunately for you as an employer now, <laughs> it's not 2005 where I'm coming in with a 5X polo on oh, or a button-up on. Or tall t. No, now they just coming in with skinny jeans. So, oh, you know, that's even worse. It's like they just flipped it all over. So, so jeans is a no-go for the jeans interview. Jeans is a no-go for Thank the interview. You, you got to you gotta no have jeans. on khakis or cargos, young men, please. And if you have visible tattoos, you know, unfortunately, all employers are have not caught up to, you know, yeah. the trend of tattoos are just a normal thing. Mm-hmm. Um, on your first interview, just get them covered. Cover yeah. them up. Not, you know, long sleeve shirt if you have to, if it's on your arms, if it's any visible area. Please don't have face tattoos if you do they make makeup for that i'm just saying I'm just mm. put that out there if you really want the job <laughs> i'm just saying but you know cover up the visible tattoos and for the young ladies definitely no cleavage that that's number one thing i've seen that too many times on interviews they thought they were um, going to see a male employer right? I, right. you know <laughs> right. I, get, I don't I know i wasn't expecting you <laughs> use what i got to get what i want <laughs> and that does not work just to put that out there because <laughs> you might walk into hr and hr is all women oh, so boy. just putting that right. out there so when is a good time to ask like how much are you going to start off at during the interview, I think it's never a bad time to ask about starting pay. Really? And I don't think it's a ever yes. a bad time. I've been time. scared to right. see I, I never know I'd be like, You I need to position yourself Bro. to say what you wow. want at that time. And that actually, I'm uh, impressed with people that have the balls enough to ask me and then also tell me what they want. Because that's negotiating. It's, it's, yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Then I'm wow. sitting across the table from, from somebody that I would, cons- I would consider a high pot. That's a high potential em- uh, employee. You going somewhere. If you got the nerve to sit across the table and ask me for a salary other than what was either listed or ask me what my starting salary is, that means that you want to move up. Mm -hmm. And so that I'm going to pinpoint you and, you know, right off rip to be somebody that I'm going to develop and try to see how much I can get out of you and see where I can take you and how how well I can develop you. Mm-hmm. So That's that, somebody that wants something. So I can say that when I walk in the room, first thing. Hey, I don't think first thing. <laughs> how much? <laughs> Not even how you do it first. Like, you know, hey, you kind of got to shake hands and everything first. <laughs> but, I, you know, I think that if you're talking about a, you know, a interview at, you know, any type of corporation or a professional atmosphere, it's, it's definitely not a faux pas to ask, you know, what the starting pay is and what's the opportunity for um, advancement or um, improvement on the pay. And if you come in there knowing your number, I say ask for it. There's no shame in it. All they can say is no. Exactly. All they, or they can tell you, you know, basically, okay, well, you know, this is the starting pay. There's opportunity for growth. There's opportunity for increases. And then that starts a dialogue back and forth. And automatically right there, you've developed a rapport with yep. the person that's, that you're working with and working for. Mm. So that's always a plus. Oh, yeah. 
Now, let me ask you this. Based on your um, organization, do you focus primarily on the professional side of it, or do you kind of get into the onboarding process as far as an interview, um, not just the interview, your application, you know, from you filling out your application, from you to the point of um, you making your resume, your cover letter, and things of that nature? For my nonprofit, the organization, we're going to do it all. We're going to start from... You know, teaching you how to write a resume, mm. teaching you how to figure out, you know, what you have in you. That's a marketable skill. Mm. Like if if you're somebody that has the ability to talk, mm-hmm. I can tell you how you can make that a marketable skill. Okay. If you're somebody that can can, you know, sell uh, lemonade with no lemons, that's a mm-hmm. sales skill. Sugar I can water. tell you, how, you know, mm-hmm. how you can market that as a marketable skill and put that on your resume. And so, you know, those are the type of, of things that people need to identify within themselves, even if they don't have a developed work history. Right. And so, you know, basically what I'm trying to do is sit a person down, figure, you know, help them figure out who they are, what they want. And even if whatever jobs are available or not in the industry that they want to necessarily go in, it's still an experience. Immerse yourself into the experience, glean whatever you can get out of that experience, mm-hmm. and then take it with you. Take mm-hmm. it with you. Right. I've had people that started working for me you know, four or five years ago, that was like, I don't think I want to do this forever. I'm like, great. Stay here for two years. Let me develop you. Guess what? These five things I can promise you're going to get and you're going to take it with you and you're going to be at the next step once you get ready to go where you want to go. So real quick, back to your organization. What inspired you to want to start this particular nonprofit organization? What really inspired me is just noticing that a lot of our people were being left behind. And I feel like personally at my organization, I can only impact so many people. There's a ceiling for how many people I can reach. There's a ceiling for how many people I can help. And if I started my own organization, there's no ceiling. Exactly. The only ceiling I have is how many people I can network with, mm. how many people believe in a dream, how many people want to lean in and carry our people forward and carry our community forward. That's kind of where it was born from. Um, just not wanting to, to cap you know, what I'm doing or put a ceiling on what I'm doing. You going in, you're interviewing someone, and you're seeing, you're reading them a little bit, and you're like, I, sometimes you get caught up in the thinking, like, man, is this person really here just kind of wasting my time? I think that's one of the points that sometimes people aren't vocal enough, and they wish they would have said something during the interview. And it's, it's hard to read those different things, but also, like, proper posture and, and giving good feedback during the interview. Some of the things people don't, they don't know how to ask those questions during those times. They kind of just listening, just sitting up there looking in front of an interview. What's, is there proper proper posture or ways that they can not seem not interested into the job? Absolutely. So um, initial signs of being not interested is if you're like rocking or mm-hmm. you know, like swinging side to side in a chair. If you're not giving eye contact, that's an immediate you're not interested. Mm-hmm. And the interviewer is going to not be interested in you. Um, you know, everybody doesn't know how to sit properly, but I feel like if you lean forward no. automatically, whether your shoulders are slumped or not, no. if you lean forward, even if you lean forward and put your arms on the table, that's a lean in. That's what you call leaning in. And that lets me know that I got your attention, that I have your presence, and that you're, you know, you're ready to have this conversation. Yeah. No. I'm sitting there looking. <laughs> looking out the window. <laughs> looking out, you could be looking out the window. You could be looking up at my shoulder, but yeah. you leaned in, and I feel like we have eye contact, and, and, and you're listening to what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So It's somebody... Somebody always looking, thinking in their mind. I know I've done this before. I'm sitting in an interview, and I'm, I, why is this person speaking indirectly about what the job skills? Like you just said, mentioned, somebody said, I don't see myself being here for a number of years. I, I don't see myself. And you lie. Let me take time out to develop you. Certain people 
find themselves in that situation because in the interview they were like this person wasn't even speaking to me directly about what I was looking forward to what was about to happen some of the things I was always in especially being young I was scared to ask those questions like because I just needed the job but then you right. find yourself in the job and like man I don't even want to be here mm-hmm. well, some of the best ways maybe I can interject in the interview hey what exactly am I doing because sometimes most employers are a little bit those they don't they don't give all the details they kind of just indirect and kind of talking around yeah. it yeah so that that's just it ask. ask ask questions it's the intangibles that's not listed you know i always tell people who ask me for advice ask for the job description mm-hmm. you know if they don't have a, a documented job description even if they do ask what are the like duties as a sign that's always listed mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. um you know sometimes with companies uh, they have their way about getting you to do more than what the job description requires. Yep. Yeah. And they may label it as a special project or a development opportunity or things like that. Or remember, it was duties as a sign. So you yeah. can be very... That was a big one I seen for <laughs> duties as a sign. Yeah, you can. I'm like, what? Yeah, I encourage everybody to ask those questions. Don't be... I mean, here's the thing. You sit down at the table. There's, mm. there's two ways this can go. You can get the job or you not get the job. Exactly. You don't want to regret not fulfilling all of the questions that you have before you walk out that door and it's all a learning experience Mm -hmm. because every interaction that you have back and forth across that table you can take it to the next interview and now you know how to have that conversation and it'll get easier and easier every time so don't take that first no as the final no take that first no as a learning experience carry it forward and go to the next interview so I say ask all the questions you know I appreciate people when they ask me those questions Mm -hmm. I have unorthodox interviews though because I'm like like, what? how much do you want to make like I ask those questions Mm -hmm. and they be like really you want to know I'm like yeah Yes. I want to know how much you want to make at the end of the day. I do. I be hitting people with unorthodox questions, and they look at me like, what kind of interview was this? How much y'all got? Yeah. It's it's so interesting. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's those type of questions that I want people to get comfortable asking, though. Don't sit across the table and walk away, you know, melancholy because you're like, okay, well, I should have asked them this. I should have asked them that. Ask those questions. You are just as valuable to that employer as you know back across the table them being valuable to you getting a paycheck because they didn't take the time out to even have you come in absolutely to interview absolutely you know, yeah. i'm not gonna <laughs> waste 30 45 minutes of my time if i didn't think you were worth it exactly. there was obviously something about you even if it was just your name there was yeah. something about you that i saw when i got your resume or your application so i'm not wasting my time so don't waste my time give give me the opportunity to give you something to take with you absolutely. now would you agree those questions pretty much can come from you actually looking up the company and finding out things regarding the company, going on their website and stuff like that. So you have to kind of do your homework before you come into the interview as well. I encourage everybody, if you're going to go for a company, especially if it's a position that you really, really want, do your homework. Because they are going to ask you, well, what do you know about us? What do you know about our company? Yep. Yeah. And if you sit there like, well, I know your name. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know y'all hiring. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like, I know y'all Y'all send me a paycheck every two weeks. Like, and even looking up, you know, just say if it was you, you know, looking up you, you know, going yeah. to your page and looking up things about you. And it'll help you through the process. Like, okay, she seemed laid back. So Absolutely. I know I might can joke around, you know, stuff like that. Absolutely. Help the interview process. LinkedIn will be your best yes. friend. Everybody's not up on LinkedIn. I know everybody go to Facebook, Instagram, you know, all of the regular normal socials. But LinkedIn, if you're trying to work for a company, I encourage everybody go to their LinkedIn page, kind of mm-hmm. scroll through, see if you can find a person that's going to interview. If they drop the name, um, and learn what you can about that company. Go to the company website. You know, do kind of do some background research. So that's not creepy. 
It's not creepy. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's creepy because I think I that know. you kind of need to be prepared. That shows initiative. Yeah. I don't think it's creepy. Now, if you come in there and tell me, I know you live on. That's what I'm saying. Like, don't no, no, come no, in. Hey, no. like, how your kids doing? You no, know where no, I no, live. No, you know I got kids. <laughs> Like oh, that'd man. be a little bit creepy, you know. Security? <laughs> no, like like just say for instance, um, the person you uh, interview you, you know, they just got a, a promotion to this position. You mm-hmm. could talk about like, oh, okay, well, yeah, I seen that you, you know, grew in the company. You know, you used to have this position because a lot of times on those company pages, you know, they have a directory with pictures of uh, everybody in there and where they started at. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you could use that as a talking point. But at the same time, every interviewer is not a nice person. No, no, yeah. no. That's true. You got some that's assholes. Like, Almost definitely. That's true. So, I don't know. But at the end of the day, you shooting your shot, so you got to be yourself. Right. And them are the tough ones, because sometimes them asshole-ass employees, they, some of them got, they're employing people with decent jobs. Exactly. Yep. Like, man, I need this money, man. Let me just... Let me just survive this interview and then survive this hiring process. That's messed up. See, it's the mindset you go into, though, too. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I wouldn't go in just like, let me survive this interview. I'm about to go in here and knock this interview out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whatever you get from it, you get from it. You can't change the person across the table, but come in there with you. Bring you to the table. See, I you wish I had yourself. precious minds at 18, I, 17 hey, years old. I'm telling you, and I would have to- had that. I probably would have had confidence versus going in like, yo, I just need the money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? 21, 22, you just thinking, hey, I just need the money. Y'all, you know? Stuff. Before we get into it, because you have another uh, nonprofit that we want to get into and talk about today. But before we get into that, how can people reach out to you through your nonprofit right now? So right now, we're still in the development phase. I actually just got my LLC, so I'm still working on everything. Uh, we're going to get our website up and running. Mm-hmm. But if you want to follow me on my socials, it's my personal socials, really. So, you know, I'm on Facebook, Precious. I'm going to put my government out here, y'all. Precious Uh-oh. Stiggle, S-T-I-G-A-L-L. You can follow me on Facebook. Um, and from there, I'm going to start to promote more and more about the nonprofit. So really, that's kind of the space that I'm going to start to promote through. And you'll start to see more and more information about that. Okay, thank you. Yeah, and, and, and everybody out there, don't be afraid to reach out. Even if you, you know, been through the interview process, even if you passed 24 and you yeah. have an interview coming up, reach out to the sister. She'll be able to help you, man. Absolutely. Yes. Tell us about your other uh, nonprofit organization. What else I'm doing is Precious Picks. That's my business. That's actually oh, um, my... No, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. That's my daughter's business. Actually, you guys, my daughter, she's actually 18 now. And her name is Precious as well. I named her after me. I wanted a junior. You know, y'all can't own all the juniors I, in the world, man. I'm surrounded okay. by men, but you know, y'all can't own all the juniors. Much respect. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I named my daughter after me. And um, how that was born was she was in elementary school. She started making bracelets, okay. right? Uh-huh. And so she just started doing it as a hobby. And she loved doing it. So I would go out, buy her the little stuff. She making braces, making braces. I'm like, wow, she's creative. And there was this event um, at my church. And I was on a board at the church at the time. And there was this youth entrepreneurship day. And she started selling the braces. And it's like bizarre, like little thing. that you set up a table, you get to sell your, your products. And so she was selling the braces. She did real good. She sold out. Mm. And so I'm like, okay. She's like, I want to start a business. And I said, oh, okay. And so I kind of got behind her. This was her in second grade. And ever since then... You know, it was it started then and it's developed more and more. So she's has a fully established business. She makes custom um, bracelets. We do custom T-shirts. Okay. Um, and she does it all pretty much on her own. She hand makes the bracelets. So she does beaded bracelets, men's and women's. Um, she does bangles. Um, you know, all kind of custom tees and stuff like that. So um, she kind of branched out. She's branching out a little bit more. And she's gonna have new inventory and stuff coming. Um, but yeah, she does a lot of vendor shows and things like that. So mm-hmm. that was really me um, 
again, invested in my own children Mm -hmm. and trying to teach her how to be financially independent, uh, teaching her how to be an entrepreneur because she was interested. And with that, she was able to learn how to, you know, buy inventory, how to, you know, do financial planning, how, you know, all of that stuff, you know, just business finance. Because that stuff she wouldn't have learned in school. She wouldn't have learned it in school, you know. And so it was just basically like, you know, she's like, oh, I want to go to the movies. I need $10. It's like, okay, well, how many braces do you need to make and, and sell? You know, how many yeah. T-shirts do you need right, to print, right. you know, press and sell? She's like, oh, I want to get a car. Okay, that sounds like you need to sell like 1,000 bracelets. You know what I'm saying? So, right, yeah. you know, we having these conversations because, you know, we, we had that, you know, there's a percentage of profit that you can take out of your business and everything gets infused back in for your inventory. So exactly. she knows how to do, she has programs where she does her own inventory. She has her own tax ID number, mm. you know, all of that. So she's been you know doing all of that and we recently we just bought you know she bought a couple of more domains because mm. uh, she wants that web traffic right. coming to her site and so she's getting real business savvy yeah. um, at 18 and that's something she can carry with her she's you know about to open up a line of credit mm. for her business you know so she's established herself at 18 years old and that's what's up man. ladies and gentlemen you just heard what true independence sounds like instead of the basic adult essentials that everybody claims is what their independence is on I hear that so much. I'm independent. You got the basic adult centers. You got shelter, food, and a car to drive. You go to work. But actually, what real independence is, is how you can afford the lifestyle that you want. How do you make it happen? And everything, all the different details you just explained. That's true independence. That's dope shit right there. And uh, what's the price range for the bracelets? So um, it's, it, it ranges between 10 and $25 mm-hmm. for a bracelet, depending on what you want. They're all custom made, so nobody's going to have the same bracelet as you. I actually am rocking some of them oh. now, so I got some of her little custom pieces on me now. So they're oh. all, um, you know, very high quality. It's um, too cute. Yeah, thanks. thanks, thanks. <laughs> got got some for my niece last year. Yeah. Really nice. Where can you... Can you tell the people um, our website where we can find the merchandise? Or? Oh, yeah. Y'all can find us on uh, Facebook, Precious Picks, Instagram, Precious Picks. Um, our email is preciouspicksme at gmail.com if you got a custom order. Um, so if you want to place the order there, um, we are under construction on the website because we just purchased a new domain. Nice. So, nice. yeah, our web developer is uh, getting that back up and running with the new domains and everything. But, yeah, check us out. Listen, we appreciate you so much yes, for coming on today. You. Thank you for the juice this you dropped today. Great. Yeah. Thank you so much. Precious minds. Precious minds. Precious picks. And precious, precious picks. picks. Yes. Yeah. Simple as that. Precious minds and precious picks. Precious minds if you need a job. Precious picks if you need some jewelry for the job. <laughs> right. There you go. Yeah. So check her Thank out, you, man. Yeah. Thank, you. Thank, Thank you. Appreciate you. Thank you again. I appreciate y'all. Thank you. Hey fellas. Another great episode, man. Good shit. Do mm-hmm. we what you got for him? Please comment. And give us any feedback on Facebook and follow us also on Instagram. And uh, we're also on Spotify. Download Spotify and uh, also go on YouTube and listen to all our episodes. And anybody that got any feedback as far as uh, black businesses and uh, want to be showcased, please reach out to us. Yes, please. Thank you for listening in. We love y'all. Peace and love. I encourage more entanglements out there in the world. Less entanglements. Oh, my bad. I... <laughs> Less entanglements. Uh, <laughs> until next time, be true and be you, baby. Pew, pew. Wise guys out. Love advice from Mitchell Kendrick.